Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Steve Rosenblum. We suck, so your self-quarantine doesn't have to. Mark Grody. I think there will be lasting derivatives of this once we get through it, and hopefully we will, um, with minimal damage, that um, people will be more aware, honestly, of washing their hands. and um, good thing. And apparently wiping. Apparently wiping. They suck, so you don't have to. They can do what they have to do. They know what they have to do. Now they don't have any problem getting it done founding members of the wb club wake and bake come on where's toby so i'm practicing you know social distancing and i have a few tips for everybody you know you know no sharing pipes or joints things like that the three words that describe this show and i quote stink stank Stunk. It's Saturday suckage on the score. We should be 670 WSUK. Good morning, welcome in. Saturday suckage, the Wake and Bake Club all rolled into one. You should pardon the phrase. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Crody with you. Oh, hi, Mark. How are you, Mark? Steve, I'm doing well. There's really no better way to start the show than to correct an error that I made on Twitter. And I, I do think that, that is <laughs> Welcome apropos. to Saturday suckage, everyone. I had put on Twitter that Eloy Jimenez would be playing left field in his rehab start today. He is not. Eloy will be the designated hitter, but I was close. Tomorrow he is scheduled to play left field. So it's really the same concept. He will be playing defense in his rehab starts, or at least one of them, for the Chicago White Sox. No! No, stop it. So that means that means the white the White Sox still have time to stop the stupid, right? They still yeah, have, they have 24 day. hours. 24 hours or mother nature, maybe it'll rain. They don't want to play it on a sloppy field. They were rained out yesterday, so there there is that. So if there are any obstacles, well actually the wall counts as an obstacle. For Eloy. How about this? Remove the wall and any netting that might exist at that ballpark. Give him every chance to succeed, as we say. Pat him up. Put him in a football gear. So the only thing he's capable of playing left field in is the Field of Dreams game where he can run into the corn stalks. Is that there it? you go. Or would he and, find but a there way might to be wild. Himself? There, there could be wild animals in the corn. You, I don't, you can't know. just run blindly through corn stalks, too. I mean, you got to know. You got to pay attention a little bit. 
you get lost in those too, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Eloy could go in there; he could never be found again. I, I as a kid, I that's used where they to should run throw his gloves. That's yeah, where right. they should throw that, his glove. There you go. Drop Steve. it in the middle of a cornfield and say, if you can find it, you can play left field today. No, but then he loses <laughs> bad. You can't have him wandering around like that. Hmm. Yeah, put a time limit on it and put it put like a track. Use his cell phone to track him or something. <laughs> And just send him in there for a couple hours and say, if you can't find it in two hours, you're not playing the field today. I just don't understand why they would do this. They're humoring the player, but the player obviously is too stupid to be to take care. This is, or they're using this as, as a the Sox are saying, okay, show us you're smarter than you were in a spring training game when you got hurt and you cost us your bat for half a season. Right? Isn't this what it, they're humoring him? They're letting the player try to show that he could stay healthy. That's I, possible, I, I or and I think there's a caveat to go with it. I'm going to go under the assumption that they have sat down with him, whether it's Rick Hahn or anybody at the minor league instruction level, and said, we're going to put you out there, but got a few rules for you. You know, no, there'll be no going for balls up against the wall. You know, allow your center fielder to be the captain out there. And they probably have to talk to the center fielder, too, and say, hey, here's what's going on. We're going to need you to kind of babysit our left fielder. So there, hopefully there is that. And then what could possibly be the other reason other than humoring him, which I do think is a possibility. The other one is the Sox are just kind of desperate for guys to rotate throughout the the outfield at this point that they might need his glove at times you know that'd be my guess like it there's no way they're going to just put it would be irresponsible to just put Eloy Jimenez in the outfield on an everyday basis but you could see a scenario where he gets sporadic every other day play out there and I will say guys I haven't had time to actually pull this audio yet but uh, Ryan Newman when he was on with the inside the clubhouse guys uh, you know at 45 minutes ago he did say that he will remind Eloy when he's playing the field, like, hey, you know, don't, like, be overly aggressive out there. And, and he also said, like, he's pretty sure the White Sox have told him. He's like, he's, he's like, made it sound like there's multiple messages being sent to Eloy that say, hey, don't be a hero out there. And, you know, we need your bat more than we need your glove. Okay, Trash Panda. So Ryan Newman is manager of Winston Salem, right? The the dash. Yes, yes, he, and he, yeah, yes. He so is. Ryan Newman's not the manager. He's like the oh. assistant GM. Oh no, no, no! You're right. You're right. My bad. My bad. My bad. Well, that he's the guy in charge of talking to inside the clubhouse, Bruce Levine and David Haw, and that's what he told them. And here's the problem: if you really, what Ryan Newman told inside the clubhouse, what he said, the White Sox said what they told Eloy, don't you realize there's a problem if you have to go to all these lengths to tell the guy, don't play left field, and then you put him out in left field, then you're the idiot organization. You are begging for an injury. Because I don't, one part of me doesn't blame Eloy Jimenez or any player. If you put him out there, they're going to try. They have to try. That's one of the things that got them to the point where they're in the major leagues or they are on the, on the verge of getting the major leagues. That's what they're supposed to do. And then you put them out there and say, don't. You're an idiot organization for doing that. I just think that's counterproductive. And how many times have we heard managers and coaches in any sport, every sport, say, if you have to think you're dead and, and you're, you run the risk, once you hesitate, you run the risk of greater injury out there because you're thinking, you're running, you're not aware of your of every surrounding. You're not taking your cues from what's around you. I just think this right. is a crazy thing for them to do. And I don't. I'd rather have him hurt have hurt feelings than hurt body parts. If they tell him, "No, you're not going to play. We're not giving you love. Have a seat. Learn to bat." And 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 the only other thing I would suggest is bring in. As a outfield coach, Alfonso Soriano. He's the guy. Why? He knows the guy. He knows the way to run away from danger, right? He stayed healthy in Wrigley That's Field. That's true. 
That's a good. Okay, I got where you're coming from. Right. Like he just kind of. He was always yeah. just sort of jaking it out there. You know, I was he thinking was a, too. Yeah. How 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 important? Well, I guess the designated hitter probably could return to Major League Baseball for both leagues next year. But how useless would Eloy Jimenez have been with the Chicago Cubs? I mean, could you imagine that conundrum? Like if the Cubs had to play him every day in left field and try to make that happen. I mean, I'm I'm sure they would probably welcome the conflict at this point, but. That would have been very. That would have gotten very interesting. You know, Schwarber became serviceable, is serviceable as an outfielder, but I don't know that Aloy Jimenez is ever going to get to that level of serviceable. No, but Schwarber came from a position where whether you, whatever you thought of his ability to catch, he came from a legitimate position. There's been no threat that anything about. Aloy Jimenez's outfielding was legitimate. It was never going to be major league level. It never will be. I don't believe for a moment it would be. I believed more in Schwarber because he had already established himself at a position. I don't believe Aloy showed me anything that he was established anywhere. And I, just, I don't know. What was Schwarber legit? Apparently not. I mean, I know what you're saying. He was a catcher at Indiana, but there there didn't seem to be a whole lot of time at the major league level where anybody in the Cubs organization thought that Kyle Schwarber was a legitimate catcher. I think they're both they're both hitters. They're, they are hitters. That that is why Kyle Schwarber and Eloy Jimenez are going to both have long and careers at the major league level and make a lot of money, not because of their defense. He's Mark Grody. I'm Steve Rosenblum. We are Saturday Suckers, the WB Club, the Wake and Bake Club. Um, we'll have to induct a new member. Sounds like Jed Hoyer wants to join our club. The Tech Zone is alive. The Tech Zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at rosenhyundai.com. The number is 312-644-6767. It's also the same number not to call us. I mean, we welcome phone calls. We just never get any except from Toby, the president emeritus of the Wicked Bay Club. It depends if, tech- if uh, Trash Panda opens the phone lines. If he X's <laughs> them all out, then we get nothing. But so when we don't, yeah. we just don't know. We don't know what kind so, of stuff So wait, if Toby's yeah. president emeritus, who's currently president? Well, that's that. Uh, Jed Hoyer is running for the office when he says this is certainly not a rebuild. Oh, really? You already quit on the season when... When poverty-stricken Tom Ricketts told you to get rid of Hugh Darvish's contract, along with Victor Carantini, so you you quit on the season. So how is this not going to be a rebuild if everybody's up for sale? Every make me rebuild is a it's a dirty word that owners don't allow their GMs to use. That's my opinion. But it is a rebuild. It is. I mean, you're right. I mean, how no, could it, it how could it not be? I mean, explain to me how it's not. Your guy Jed Hoyer, explain <laughs> to me how it's not. I think he what he should say is it is a rebuild, but we don't plan on losing a hundred games. Maybe something like that, because I think that if Cubs fans hear the word rebuild to them, that might connote what happened back in the years leading up to twenty fifteen, the twenty thirteen, fourteen, even before that where it was Nate Sheerholtz and the Chicago Cubs, and it was just... <laughs> I don't know why that he's all always my go-to All-star Brian LaHare at the Chicago Oh, my God. Hey, there's Mike Holt. He's better than Chris Bryant. Oops. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, that the whole Bryan thing brings up something. I, I don't know why Javi Baez is not on the White Sox now. I don't, not, I don't know why that isn't the case, but... Jed Hoyer was clearly making sure everybody knew he was open for business and he's doing everything he can to be the first one to start a a, um, a bidding war. That's what that's what was going on. But it just didn't make sense to to say this is not a rebuild. Because wh- what are you selling? Let's play this out. What do you, If you're not a rebuild, what are you doing? If it's not, everybody might be traded, right? The whole 11-game losing streak... Except if you're Ted Phillips, the 11-game losing streak would mean that the Cubs are going to win the Super Bowl because that's the way the idiot Bears think. But if if that changed everything, then why wouldn't it be a rebuild? Why wouldn't you, if everybody's if everybody's up for sale, if you're holding the, the Wrigley Field yard sale, why isn't this a rebuild? And by the well, way, the rebuild yeah, did that, work that, that, once. It did work, and... Yeah, let's see what happens. Let's see if if Jed Hoyer trades. Let's say let's just say even two of the 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 core pieces 
then maybe then you circle back and ask the question again. All right, is this a rebuild? Unless you're getting back everyday major league players somehow. But if if he gets, you know, like top or you know top ten ish type prospects, then I think you, we could all reporters could probably circle back and say, all right, Jed, now now here's your team and here's what's left. Is this a rebuild? What's going to happen? Yeah, what what do you think? I think the better question is, is once it's all said and done, hey, Jed, what do you think next year is going to be like? And to hear how he answers that question. Like, if he's got nothing left, none of, none of the, the, the big core pieces, or at least a couple of them are gone. Hey, Jed, what, 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 is, what do you expect out of next year? <laughs> and listen very carefully as to how he answers that question. Well, you could go Chapman. I mean, that has been brought up in, in the discussions this week. If you trade Bryant and Baez, they'll be free agents. You can re-sign them. So what you do is you, you lose two months of them in the season you've already killed off. And then you get you get the chance to re-sign them. You get whatever you get in trade. But if the, if the Darvish deal, the Darvish-Caratini deal is any example, I mean, it looks you get guys, you get players who probably still have to go through driver's training. Who knows when or if they'll ever show up. So you're going to get maybe a handful of magic beans. I don't know. I'm just saying that's... But the one thing you might get back is those players plus some restocking of the farm system. You know what? Let's let's figure out somebody who might be smarter than us. A man we've not heard from for a while, but a man who, a man who uh, texted me the other night and said, this is what happens with Scarietta. <laughs> is is way. this person uh, deluxe by any chance? He is, he is a deluxe writer. He's a deluxe guest, and we have to break to make sure that our deluxe. No, Tony's next. You had I thought it was I thought it was eleven twenty. No, it's Tony. All right, he's not all right. Now deluxe. we're gonna have well, to check. Well, let's check my work here, Tony. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, so let me see here. Tony is good for eleven twenty. Yeah, there you Thank go. You. All right, so Gonzo's at twelve twenty. He's our deluxe guest. Tony's still deluxe. We'll get we'll get to him. We need to take uh, Saturday suckage roll, don't we? Don't we need to take Saturday suckage roll? Is Mike Tomlin here? Mike Tomlin. Oh yeah. Tom. Tom. Who else? Tom. Tom. Who else? Uh, sucking. Yeah. yeah. Grobber. Grobber. It sucks Grabber. and it free bases. <laughs> Brian Cashman. Is I also know that we suck right now. Yeah. All right. Oh, look at you All guys. Right. Oh. Jake, the aforementioned Jake Arietta, new member. This of sucks, Saturday. really. It does. Yeah, there you go. And old friend Albert Almora. Damn, Willie, man, like, do we suck? Yeah, there we go. Thank you very much. <laughs> Look at you two, man. For Look the at Saturday that. Look what you guys put together. That is experience. Good. And a seven-seven-three texture. This is just lovely. Eloy might get impaled on on an ear of corn. Yes, he might. All right, so. Field of Screams, that's where, when El- when Eloy goes out there, that's what's going to happen. We'll talk with Tony Andraki about the about the, um, the not rebuilding, but sucking Cubs. We'll see how he parses this thing. He's Mark Grody. I'm Steve Rosemont, and this is Saturday Suckage. We suck so you don't have to. Thanks for listening. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Fans are standing at Wrigley. Here comes the 0-2 on the way. Strike three call. Cubs win the ball game. Edmund caught looking at a backdoor bender. And the Cubs have taken the opener over St. Louis by a score of 10-5. to Highlights courtesy of us. The score, Pat Hughes, future Hall of Famer on the call. And the Cubs staying a game ahead in third place. Miles behind the team in front of them. Almost as close to last place as first. There you go. There's your Cubs. But they're not rebuilding. They're not. No. They're manager. No. The general manager, the president says they're not rebuilding. Well, that certainly sounds like Saturday suckage. So does this. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Grody with you. And right now we go to the score hotline. Scores hotline is presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And we welcome from Marquee, Tony Andraki, talking about the Cubs. Tony, thanks for joining us. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. So you started writing this month trying to make the point <laughs> that the Cubs, well, they went, you know, they got through June. They had a bad time. They, they made two trips to the West Coast. They were facing really good teams. The Brewers weren't. The, the, the Cubs now get to feast on crap. And oops. So, as Jed Hoyer said, life comes at you fast. So, what did you make of what the Cubs president and general manager said, both finally admitting something but saying it's not a rebuild? So, I don't get it. Can you explain to me what that means? (laughs) Yeah. um, So, it it definitely was different this time around. You know, when Jed talked a couple days ago, it was his demeanor, his mood, his you know, tone, it was completely different than when we talked to him in Cincinnati, uh, right about halfway through that losing streak, uh, going into the holiday weekend last week. So in, you know, back then in Cincinnati, he was talking about how they could go either way and kind of trying to figure out how to divide up the front office and scouting resources to determine whether they could buy or sell at the deadline. And as we know, the Cubs lost five more games after that and, and things have changed quite a bit. And now, Jed is talking, uh, you know, leaning a lot more heavily on keeping that one eye on the future. So, um, you know, I think the, the whole term of rebuild is, is subjective. It's a matter of how people define that. I mean, if the Cubs do sell off, which, again, it certainly looks like that's probably the path they're going down, um, they could still kind of retool a la the 2016 Yankees or what the Red Sox have done and, and get back into things like next year um, or the year after. But I think that would be kind of the plan. The ideal scenario here is 
maybe some of these guys are traded away. Some others are stick around and are locked up to extensions, and then the Cubs, you know, go for it and uh, in free agency and look to try to add and in a division that doesn't necessarily have a powerhouse over the next few years, you know, maybe they make a run at the NL Central again uh, next year. So I think that's that's probably like the best case scenario and, and the plan that the Cubs and, and Jed's front office want to go with. Uh, are Tony, are they afraid that the fan base wouldn't put up with what they did in, in 2012, 13 and 14? Um, I think that, yeah, maybe. I, I think that's fair. I mean, Jed was asked about, you know, the difficult decisions he has to make and if he alienates people. And as he said, you know, he just has to focus on the, the decisions that are the best for the franchise. So that's definitely a possibility is, you know, worrying about the fan base and what they think about it. But I think, I don't think the Cubs need that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think they need to go through. They were just in such a different place in 2011 and 12 when Theo and Jed first came over and they were so far away from contending where now, obviously they still have pieces. If they trade them away, they still would have some pieces that they could build around it and, you know, again, with free agency, and it should be a pretty big, you know, free agent market this winter, uh, they could add and get back into things pretty quickly. So, yeah, I don't think they're looking to go through, you know, a, a stacking like 100 lost seasons back to back to back or something like that or, or approaching that. So, no, I don't think they're going the route of 2011, 12, 13, 14 Cubs. Uh, I think it'll be more of, you know, like we said, this kind of reset or um just like trying to to get back into things and and restock the farm system and look toward the future a bit more, but then, you know, potentially come back at it again next year. Our guest is Tony Andraki of Marquee. He writes about the Cubs for the website. I I keep going back to what Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer said about them. Does it matter whether you lose 100 games or 90? You, You still need to... Essentially, they said you still need to bottom out. You, you need the highest draft pick you can get. You need the most you can get for your players. And it really doesn't matter. If you're not going to get into the playoffs, then it doesn't matter. You need to. You might as well lose a bunch more games and figure out what you have. And while saying it's not a rebuild, it sounds cynical. I heard Jed's voice, and he sounded supremely hurt. I mean, there was, there was an honesty, a sincerity about, like, this, this, the whole thing he was, the scenario he was looking at. But I didn't, I don't quite build that it's, I don't quite buy that it's not a rebuild. I think this is a cynical business thing because Marquis, your, the, 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 your employer needs to, the Cubs need to be interesting and good to sell subscriptions. They need people to, they need eyeballs on that. You can say it's not a rebuild, and I could argue, well, if you don't rebuild, then you're you're serving up the same old crap, and you're a third-place team, maybe. So I, I don't understand with the Ricketts, with Tom Ricketts claiming biblical losses and, and sounding poverty-stricken, and who knows, we may see him at the Addison off-ramp of the Kennedy with a tin cup. How are they going to spend money in free agency? What gives you the indication they would do that if if it's not a rebuild and that's the other way to go? What are the indications that they would do that? Uh, I mean, I guess we'll see. We're about to find out in a few months. But I mean, the indication is like they don't. Their payroll has it kind of bottoms out after this. Like there are not a lot of long term contracts. We know more than half the roster. About half the roster is their contracts expire at the end of the year. So whether these guys are traded or retained and, and sign extensions or not, I mean, as of right now, there are a ton of open spots on the 2022 roster and there are a ton of open spots on the payroll as well. So, I mean, like logistically speaking, they're going to have to go to free agency to sign some of these guys and, and fill out the roster and figure it out. So, yeah, I mean, I, but also, I, I don't know. I haven't seen anything from them that says that they're not going to, that the, like the the fans are back to 100% here, and um, I don't know that the Cubs were projecting that right away to have happen in you know more than halfway through their less than halfway through the season, I should say, to to start in June here. So yeah, I mean, I, I think there are definite positive signs after the pandemic and moving forward, but ultimately we'll see. We'll see what happens this winter, and we'll see what route uh, the the front office goes. Tony Kyle Hendricks. You know, he's cooking again. He, he looked terrific yesterday over 
you know, his six of the third, 11 and four with a 377 ERA. I read a stat that he has 13 quality starts, which is third in, in Major League Baseball this year. Is he like the one guy you look at as a non-tradable piece, or is it the opposite where you might be able to get a ton for somebody like Hendricks? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you might be able to get a ton, especially on this market right now. There aren't a ton of, of valuable starters out there that could be available in trades, and I think pretty much every team, every contending team, would would take a guy like that, uh, take a guy like Hendricks, who I mean, he's he's thrown six innings every start for like two and a half months. Like that is consistent. That puts your team in a position to try to win the game every night out. So obviously, yeah, that's, that's an enormous value. Um, the fact that, that yeah, he is signed for a pretty affordable team contract for the next three, three years here is certainly a feather in the cap of like, if the Cubs do try to do this kind of soft reset and, and contend next year or the year after Hendricks is a huge part of that he's still only 31 years old and just the way he pitches and, and how intelligent he is um, and doesn't need to rely on, on this immense stuff he certainly could be um, could age pretty well and and you know still be effective uh, well into his his like mid to late 30s here so yeah I think for a team to to pry him away from the Cubs right now with his contract, uh, I think it would have to take a huge haul, like you know, a haul bigger than Darvish. I, I, I don't know how it would be anything less than that for the Cubs to get rid of Hendricks at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, I guess we'll see. I, I don't know exactly what Jed is getting in terms of uh, what other teams are offering, whether it's for Hendricks or Wilson Contreras, who's also under contract for next year, or other guys like Kimbrel or Bryant or. To pair or Chafin or so on, who are set to become free agents uh, after this year. So, I it would be to me. I think it would take a lot to, for the Cubs to trade Kyle Hendricks. I don't see that happening. But then again, maybe some team gives him like an incredible haul, and it's something that Jed can't say no to. Tony Andraki is our guest. He covers the Cubs for Marquee, where you can watch the Cubs play baseball, and they beat the Cardinals. They will be playing. Those Cardinales, again, Zach Davies goes today, the, the representative of the Darvish trade against Quang Young Kim for the car. He said three batters. I always look up every pitcher if Cubs face. I look to see how many pitchers, how many batters they've hit because I fear for Anthony Rizzo. I don't want him to get hurt before they might trade him. <laughs> and and Derek Gould, Gould of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch calls, him no, calls Rizzo notorious HBP. Which I think is just a great <laughs> line. So he, he, he accepts it, though. The Rizzo just yes. takes. He's like, "That's cool. I know. I'm right over the plate. I get it." Yeah, that's it. So, so he's is he? I, I think in talking about Tony, let me know what you feel about t- Anthony Rizzo in talking about him. Different from all of the other World Series heroes, he seems like a throwback Beanie Baby kind of cub of don't we can't lose this guy because don't you know who he is kind of thing. Whatever he's doing to help you win or not win or wherever he's gotten you and however in, more injured he becomes or more days off he takes, there's a. it seems to me there's a weird, um, not a weird halo, but there's something about him. There's an asterisk there. Because don't you know he's Disco Tony Rizzo? He's a guy you can't deal I think there's something different about him because this is old school Cubs before they won, before they were expected to be contend every year. This is what it feels like to me. Does it feel like that to you? You're closer to it. Yeah, I, I'd say that. I wouldn't say go as far as to say they can't deal him, but I think I do agree with you that there would be um, it'd be a much more difficult personal decision to make than a business decision. You know, if it was just about business, then yeah, you know, maybe they would get a pretty decent haul for him. I, I don't know, you know, exactly what uh, other contenders are looking at in terms of, you know, potential first baseman and, and left-handed hitters into their lineup. I imagine a guy like Rizzo and his track track record, uh, a lot of teams would like that in their lineup and in, in the field. But you're right, there is a lot more of the personal aspect and of, you know, this is going to alienate the fans maybe a bit more than, than a Bryant or Javi just because he's been here longer. Uh, he's, he's been out there as the face of the franchise for 
you know, what I guess almost a decade now, since 2012, really. And, yeah, definitely more than, than a Kimbrell or than a Zach Davies or, you know, an Andrew Chafin, guys who, you know, fans have, have certainly rallied around this year over the last couple of years. But uh, they're not Anthony Rizzo. They're not, you know, the guy that has a, a ward named after him in, at Lurie's Children's Hospital. Like, they're not the guy that, um, you know, everybody talks about, again, as the face of the franchise and as one of the guys that brought that World Series championship in 2016. So there's definitely, an, you know, that added element with him in particular that would be difficult to trade. And, and it, it's difficult because another team is not going to come and be like, oh, well, we know how important Anthony Rizzo is to the fan base and to the city, so we're going to pay extra for it. That doesn't work that way, <laughs> you know. So so I think, you know, that's definitely something Jed's going to have to weigh and. To be honest, I'm glad I'm not Jed trying to make those decisions because I don't know where you draw the line and say, hey, this is what the value is worth it to give up a guy that the fans can rally behind. And and like you said, I mean, you know, fans just got back. that The Cubs do want to still sell a product out there that they want fans to come to and they want Wrigley Field to still, you know, try to be a destination even if they do sell off some some players and, and Rizzo is a huge part of that. Javi's a huge part of that. Uh, the way fans get behind him, you know, Chris Bryant is too. So, and, and these guys, obviously they, they helped bring that world series championship, like regardless of what happens from here, extensions or not trades or not, these guys are just going to be a huge part of Cubs lore forever. And, and there is a, a human element to that. I mean, Jed has seen Anthony Rizzo from uh, three different stops. Now Boston to San Diego to here, it's, it, it would definitely take a lot more personally to trade him. And, and that would have to be a tough decision either way. Tony, one other part to this going, I guess this year and going forward is the national league central and what Milwaukee is doing with, you know, good starting pitching and Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff, obviously. And then the reds, you know, they're four games over 500. My question is, is it real what those two teams are doing, and should Milwaukee be looked upon as the team to beat in in future years? I think the short answer is yes to both. I, I don't know how, like you just said, with three pitchers, with Freddie Peralta and yeah. Brandon Woodruff. Uh, you know, Peralta just took Woodruff's spot in the All-Star game, and then Corbin Burns was just off to a historic start to this season. I forget how many to get what do you have like 42 strikeouts or something before he even walked a batter this year and so like those three guys when you have starting rotation with those three uh that's just incredible and that's an awesome foundation and then you have christian yelich signed for a few years as well uh to to kind of augment the offense like yeah that's a that's a pretty good team i would say that they're you know probably the team to beat i i thought the cardinals might be the team this year that would be you know i thought brewers cubs cardinals would all kind of be up there and whichever team got kind of the biggest breaks, it would go their way. But I didn't see the Brewers pitching really coming to this level. And I thought the Cardinals would be a bit higher up after getting Arenado. So, um, you know, the Cardinals have surprised me a bit. They talk about starting pitching. They've had issues with that all year, just mostly in terms of health. So, um, and yeah, the, what the Reds are doing is certainly uh, legit. Castellanos and Winker and Votto is coming back here. So like their offense is pretty good. And, the Cubs can attest to it. Like their pitching staff is, is I think underrated, um, especially when Sonny Gray is, if he's able to like get back healthy and fully get going. So those two teams are, are definitely good. I, I think, you know, what they do in the off season and how, if the Reds are able to like retain Castellanos, who I think has an opt out at the end of the year, and um, stuff like that, I think will, <clears throat> excuse me, determine how the, the division moves forward. But, when you have the three-headed attack of those guys in the Brewers rotation, I think they're the team to beat until proven otherwise. Our guest is Tony Andraki of Marquee, covers the Cubs for the network. We're talking Cubs here on The Score. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rohde with you. The Cardinals have been in a big-time nosedive because Jack Flaherty got hurt. Which, which we've seen the we know the emphasis on pitching, we know the importance of pitching, we know what it means, and that was you know drafting and developing. So. We saw Alzali get just exposed. As soon as you put up an all-left-handed lineup against them, they're just the, which Joe Girardi did, and they smacked him around. So, if this is is this the best Cubs pitching prospect, the guy who can only pitch to right-handed batters? What else do they have if they're 
if they're not going to call it a rebuild and they need arms and they've got a history of not producing them or if they produce one, they trade it to the White Sox, <laughs> we're, we're ex- examine the Cubs system for pitching that you can have hope in. I think a lot of that lies in, in Alzali's ability to make adjustments and in the other two guys, the two rookies that we've seen this year and Keegan Thompson and Justin Steele, they currently are stretching out Steele in the minor leagues and they're going to give him a spot in the rotation to, uh, you know, I, I don't know exactly how far they're going to stretch him out. I, I don't know that he's going to be a guy like Hendricks that's going to go six innings every time out. He's had some injuries in the past, including Tommy John in 2017. So, you know, especially after no minor league season, he's not going to have a full workload. But the Cubs are definitely going to give him a chance to to get back to his starting roots and let him face a lineup a couple times over. And, yeah, if things continue to go the way we're all talking about and the Cubs do sell later this month, then maybe Keegan Thompson goes down the same path. And, you know, you got 25-, 26-year-old pitchers here who – have proven the ability that their stuff plays in the big leagues. They can get big league hitters out. The moment's not too big for them. Uh, and, yeah, maybe maybe they can have success as starters as well. And then Elzelay, he does struggle against lefties. That's that's out there, and, and it's obvious. And, you know, his the OPS against him and the numbers and everything is is out there as well. But he's also making some adjustments. He's, he's been working in uh, a cutter, which is new and, and kind of a variation of his slider that – he is hoping to to have better success against lefties with and uh, trying to make different adjustments because a lot of it has been kind of a two-seam sinker and slider mix. And, you know, just lefties have kind of picked up on it. And he's obviously given up a few homers uh, to left-handed hitters. So his ability to make adjustments, just like any other pitcher, you know, guys coming up and, and figuring things out and, and adjusting um to the league and how the league adjusts back to them. So I think that's where, you know, like the main hope lies in terms of starting pitching, but relief, there's a lot of interesting guys coming up. Uh, we saw Brad Wick is, uh, is he hasn't given up a run this year before he just went on the aisle with, with a heart thing here. And, and the Cubs have been able to, to really been able to develop some, some relief prospects. Tommy Nance came up earlier. Trevor McGill is hitting a hundred. Manny Rodriguez is still on the, 40 man and then Ben Leeper is just doing some amazing things in the minor leagues right now and what about the uh, other so, wick Tony I, I, I Brad Wick has looked very good but what about what about the Rowan wick <laughs> yeah well he's another he's another guy that you know is a feather in the cap in terms of they've been able to develop but he just he's still dealing with that oblique side injury that he had that he suffered in early September so we're talking almost a year here yeah and he's still trying to get back on track I, I think at this point I don't. I doubt he pitches this year. I, he was just throwing off flat ground and not even getting off a bullpen when we last had an update, maybe about ten days ago or two weeks ago. So at, even in a best case scenario, he would be back maybe for like the final month of the season. So, but yeah, he's you know he's still only I think like twenty eight. So um, he has some years left in him. But this is it's a weird injury. You don't expect for a pitcher an oblique in their left side to to be so troublesome for a year. So they're, they're certainly trying to figure it out. I, I don't think they have any like clear answers on why this has stuck around for so long. Tony, thanks for your time. We appreciate you joining us. And uh, things can only get more interesting or more curiouser and curiouser. Thanks. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Tony Andraki of Marquee, talking Cubs. Uh, Mark, last night, <clears throat> Dallas Keuchel pitched. And then he pitched some truths. So if Dallas Keuchel's talking... We should be listening, and we're going to do that next in Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Welcome in. Welcome back. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Grody, Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. It's Saturday suckage. And the White Sox got seven innings of one-run ball from Dallas Keuchel, and then they got some truths out of them. So, Mark, I found um, several things that this man said interesting because remember last year, he was the wake-up call. He was the human wake-up call. Some guys are doing what it takes to win. Some guys are going through the motions. That's right. He said he that, that leadership about, moment. Like, yeah. I call it a leadership moment, yeah. And, and you're right. And every, everything changed after that. They were, I think they were, what, 8 and 19? Some kind of bad news. And then they became the first team to 
clinched playoff spot, and then they became the first team to just lay back and and get all full of themselves. But he was talking about about what's coming up for this team with a division lead and suffering, getting through injuries, getting good pitching. And I thought this was a thing that we needed to bring to the air from Dallas Keuchel. For lack of better terms, we got our butts whooped in Houston. So I'd like to see kind of what we're made of just to open the second half because our August schedule is, is pretty daunting ahead of us. But I think we're going we're gonna to play Houston a whole lot better, or at least I would hope so, than what we did in Houston. So that's going to be the first big test, and I'd like to see where we're at there before I really comment on where I think we're at or we're headed. There's a guy, that's Dallas Keuchel, last night. There's a guy who said, okay, we're beating the teams we should. We should beat Baltimore by a couple touchdowns. This is what we do. And, by the way, there are teams with better records, and, and Houston was one that just beat us up. So you hear that, and I thought, wow, that's okay. That's a guy, there's a, a sense of truth and presence and poise and... And not a whole lot of, not a whole lot of screaming about themselves in that in that clubhouse, that in that dressing room. I think what he said was really good. But what I'm thinking about with Dallas Keuchel right now is that I want to see him get back to pitching the way he was last year. You know, he entered last night's game with an ERA near 450. He personally. Got smoked in Houston. I mean, you can talk mm-hmm. about the entire team getting their butts kicked, but he was particularly butt kicked in that game. And I know I'm probably being a little bit nitpicky and watching a little bit too closely, but, you know, Keichel had to fight through that game even last night. And it was there seven innings, one run, seven hits, gave up the homer to uh, Ramon Urias. But he had to, you know... He was fighting through it. He was battling himself at times. So, you know, with Lucas Giolito struggling like he kind of has recently, like you're, you're going to need some of these guys to to get right. And they're all entitled to have a slump. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, th- this is what they have lived on. And I don't know if Aloy is coming back or not or how effective he's going to be. But the Sox are going to have to continue to depend on their their starting pitching. And it's kind of, kind of crazy to think that this year, right now, Lucas Giolito is having about the same season as Zach Davies of the Cubs. Like, they're very, <laughs> very similar statistically and and in effectiveness. So, and, um, yeah, I think it's Giolito. Is it Giolito? Yeah, Giolito going tonight for the Sox. So I'm very curious to see how that – hopefully it's, it's a get-well game against just a – just a horrible Baltimore team. My God. Yes. It is. Just it, yes, what's it amazing is. is that Arizona is worse. That's that's the if you're watching the White Sox in Baltimore and you see how bad the Orioles are tonight, if you're watching the game, just remember there's a team worse than the Baltimore Orioles. I mean the right, and they're Arizona. The Cubs get to play them and, and the the Diamondbacks change the start time, first pitch of a Cubs game because they didn't want to play at night against the Suns in the NBA Finals for a potential game. I don't know, was it six or whatever it was, five, what, six, I think. Whatever, they weren't going to allow it. They weren't going to go near that. Hi, we're playing at 1 o'clock. We'll try to get this thing over and you can go watch the Suns. Please come out. There would be three people at that game. Can you imagine if the Diamondbacks, as horrible as they are, schedule that game against the Cubs, even with... I guess what they would have is Wrigley West. They would yeah, have because of course. Cub fans would buy. They don't. They don't care about the Suns. Yeah, that's it. They they'd go buy this. They might. Right, the last time the the you know Cubs fans cared about the Suns, Dan Marley was playing for them. Ninety <laughs> three. True thing. That yeah. Right. Cedric Sabalos. Yeah, that's right. Okay. And I think that was was Oliver Miller on that team. Mm, Big Oliver Miller, yes. One of the great all-time heckled lines was, Hey, Miller, you're the two worst players on that team. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and I think it was that year. And I can imagine Barkley breaking up. And that was that was the thing. That was when in in '93 when Scottie Pippen's at the free throw line in that fourth quarter of Game Six, and and Barkley's trying to trying to to unnerve him walking by and going, hey, where you, where you, where you, what are you doing for, for dinner Tuesday night? You want to come to my house? Why don't you guys come to my house for dinner Tuesday night before game seven? You want to do that? And, you know, they made the free throws and Paxson hit the shot, and there you go. But And now Pippen refers to Charles Barkley as a fake tough guy. I love it. Yeah, yeah. that's like I am really tired of him. But you're right about um, Lucas Giolito, and maybe it's perfect. His ERA is 420. That's what this yeah. show needs. Oh, yes. It always comes back to and Zach Davies, 428. Yeah, and they're both they're both going to smoke weed every day. Thank well. you, Nate Dog. So what's important is is for Giolito tonight is to see where that spin rate, where his changeup is. Mm-hmm. What 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 defy Josh Donaldson? Show us that Josh Donaldson was was wrong. Right? I mean, okay. Yeah, it's I think not he will, too. I, I think Gilito will. You know what I mean? Like, it might take a couple more starts, but we know what he already recovered from once, being the worst pitcher in baseball, as the commercial obsessively tells us, to being one of the best. <laughs> and now he has to, guess what? He's got to adjust again. And I, I think he has, he's proven to me he can. I think he will, but it's going to take uh, take some time, I think. I, maybe tonight. And, I mean, I think really. I mean, seriously, that is with Baltimore being as bad as they are, yeah. this is a time to to get well. I mean, you know, last night was Gavin Sheets. Tonight it's Lucas Giolito. And Tim Anderson's an all-star. Tim Anderson was named to the all-star team, and it's that's quite a thing. Before, before Tim Anderson struck out in the seventh last night, Chris Kamka, the Sultan of the Stat, tweeted out, Tim Anderson's last 12 plate appearances, single, walk, Walk, single, single, double, single, walk, strikeout, single, single, double. So, you know, an OBP of over 900, that'll get you, that'll get you on an all-star. That'll get you some attention. That's I love the walks. Thing. I love the fact that there's three walks in all of that. Yep. There you go. All right, we'll uh, take a break. When we come back, um, everybody's got trade ideas. Everybody wants to make trades for the Cubs. We hear them all over the place. Everybody's going here and there. So let's talk about some of it. You got a trade? You want to make up a trade, Mark? Should we make I could probably come up with something during the break, yeah. Well, you do that, and I got some ideas on that. So let's play, Make let's, let's make a deal. I'm cool. Steve Rosenblum. He's Mark Grody. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 